The best-selling book, Beyond the Pews, Breaking with Tradition and Letting Go of Religious Lockdown, shares the personal story of Jillian Mass Backman. Jillian has a unique ability to communicate with angels and to see colored auras around people. She wrote the book knowing her rare gift and years spent honing her knowledge and understanding might just help other people to connect with the spiritual realm. Jillian works with celebrity clients and everyday people, helping them to make better life decisions using what she calls three pillars from her change already approach. Intellect, emotion, and intuition are foundational to her work as a seasoned podcaster, radio host, and wellness practitioner and coach. If you want a roadmap for living a better life with greater joy and balance, Jillian may just be the person you need to break free from the things locking you down and preventing you from realizing the art of being over the art of doing. This is her story. Welcome to Sippin' On Stories, where we take you into the lives of diverse and unique change makers who turn anxiety, fear, and passion into powerful recipes for success. Good stories build insightful connections. But great stories. Now, that's something special. Today's story is one of those stories. Hi, my name is Rose McInerney, and I'm glad you're here for this episode of Sipping on Stories. Jillian Mass Backman is one of those people we read about. She has the ability to communicate with angels and to see these blocked areas in each of our lives. She's written a best-selling book that invites people of all faiths to consider the spiritual energy open to us all. Before we get started, I'm hoping you're already subscribing to this podcast so you don't miss any of our episodes. Always know that you can reach me at sippingonstories.com or you can visit our site just to see links to our guests like Jillian today and to know how to connect with them. The point in all of this is for you to come away with new eyes and a new heart. All right. Time to head in, and thanks for listening. So Jillian is an award-winning radio personality and an intuitive life facilitator. She graduated from the University of Texas in San Antonio with a degree in psychology. She's an expert in spiritual energy management, so she helps her listeners successfully balance the intuitive and the intellectual parts, I'm going to stress that, and the intellectual parts of themselves to realize personal fulfillment and a peaceful way of life. And on that note, welcome in, Jillian. Thank you, Rose, for having me. I've been looking forward to this for a while. I'm watching you uh, blossom with what you're doing with Womenscape, and I'm, I'm pretty excited to be a part of it, actually. So thank you. You're so welcome, and we are the honored ones here. Sipping on your story and your evolution could not be more timely today, and I'm sure you're going to agree. Uh, Yeah, it really is. I mean, with what's going on with COVID and the rolling energy, isn't that interesting? I've been watching that, the rolling out and in of energy energy coming in and out and moving through different parts and and who's affected it's an interesting analog of what's going on in the universe it's very telling good 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 and i i want to hear how you see this energy moving we're going to get to that i also want to do a shout out 
because I saw that your degree is from Texas. And while we pre-tape these, this will come out soon enough. I'm just going to say, I'm saying a prayer for Texas right now and all the people that are suffering with the outages and the lack of water. And it's, it's dire there. It is frightening. And you know, my brother lives in San Antonio. So we've been keeping in contact at least two or three days. And as the story has been going on, things have becoming more dire and more dire and more dire. And, you know, just just the fact of getting to the grocery stores is a huge thing, at least in San Antonio, because A, they don't know how to drive in it, and B, they don't have anything that helps them maneuver through it, and the grocery stores are closed, everything's closed. It's it's a frightening time. Well, and that's why, truly, I think the timing of this is so important. I want to jump into your story, and then we're going to roll out so that listeners stick with us. We're going to roll out at the end with some great advice for people to take short-term and long-term, because you know we always want to be trying to heal ourselves in the present, but also looking forward to something out in the distance that we're working towards. And that's something you do in your book. Let's just start there. I read your book when we first met a few years ago. Wow. I didn't know that. Well, thank you. I was floored. And I think at the time I had started reading books by Lorna Byrne, different things around the spiritual energy and the world of angels and feeling very much connected to that and curious and wanting to know how does that fit into my own life. So fast forward, here you are. And we are in the lounge. And let's just start at the beginning because the opening of the book, if you don't mind, I think this is a great set for just how connected you are. People talk about their gifts and there's a lot on dreams and visions, but this book was written, what year did you write it in? You know what? I started it in 2010 and I published it on in 2011. So it's been a while And it was still on that verge of, you know, I I cannot stand the word woo-woo-wee, but I will use it. It was on the verge of woo-woo-wee and, you know, um, more spiritual. And it was an interesting time to put it out, to say the least. Yes. I think that's great that you point that out. It's 2010, 2011, because that's a whole decade before the landslide of videos that there are now on YouTube and the number of people working in this space. So you were definitely there earlier than most, but what I love is the beginning of the book starts with a very personal story. You're very personal in this. Can you share a little bit about this? You know, you're born the daughter of a preacher and what happened? Yeah. You know, um, the book was written after I had been, and we'll talk about it later, a Reiki master, and I'm an esthetician. I owned a wellness center for a long time. And I wanted to put out a book that was part biography and part interactive lessons and assignments that I'd been working with for years with my clients. So I have been straddling this lifestyle between the spiritual and the religious since since I was a child. So I thought it was important to start the book and establish my lineage in my growth from the religious primer, 
primer part of my life to the spiritual aspect of that and all that it meant. So yes, the book does start out with the first story about um, when I was a child and when one of my dearest friends passed away and I was young. And you know how those things in your mind kind of trigger other things. And so I write about um, the angels coming and explaining to me and what had going on. And what's strange about it was a lot of it was happening in my father's church, which I found it very comforting. I mean, if you actually believe the church is a sacred space and these events are happening for me inside the church, all these times I've been very confused on how people could call it anything other than religious and positive experiences if it's happening inside the building. You know, it, that's a, an interesting counterintuitive thing that I always thought. So, yeah, the book talks about that and it talks about living at the Lake of the Ozarks where I where I grew up in my father's first church. So it's an interesting thing. And, you know, um, I really didn't share any of that with my parents. My mother knew because my mother had it, but it was my father, you know, that I was obviously most concerned about. Well, especially if he was a preacher, this is not, everyone is not gifted with this. This is so unique and so special. I don't know. I don't have any stats or any numbers. I haven't done any research, but I just know that this is unique. This is very special. And so it really got you started on a journey where I can't imagine that there was any way to escape this. It's not like a faucet and you can turn it off, right? Well, you know what? You're right. I didn't learn that till later in my, in my, you know, transmission and, and transformation of using the gift. I think the gift part is that it happened inside the church. I, I think that's a little more unique because nowadays, as you talked in the beginning, there's lots of people that have the same stories that I do. We've gotten past the point where it's an anomaly now. It should be an expectation, really. People should be seeing it within themselves. I think the gift part came within the church, with my father, and that aspect of things. I really do. I, I think, and I realized that was a good beginning. Honestly, that's beautiful. I agree. I'm a Christian, and so reading that, I was really drawn into the start and the fact that you saw angels and light energy. I just got to ask because I'm so darn curious. When you meet people, can you feel this energy in that same way? Yeah. I mean, and you know what's interesting at this point in my life, my intuition, and since I've become a teacher of it, one of the things I absolutely had to do was analyze every single aspect of what was going on with my intuition, when it would be open, when it would close, when I was around people. And the answer to that, the short answer to that question is yes. Yes, I can. But the reality is I've gotten to the point now where it's like a, a people describe it as a frequency, a radio frequency, and that's the way I teach it long time ago. And now I use it more as a GPS system. So when I do come upon somebody or, you know, 
um, people that are leaning in because of the excitement of it and, you know, what, whatever they want. I do have a faker monitor. (laughs) I mean, I can, now I'm at the point where I can tell, you know what, they're not in for the real the real aspect of this. That's really good. I think all of us right off the bat, I can think of that, that, you know, when you're speaking with someone, if they're really just laying on the layers, trying to make you feel good versus are they speaking from a place of the heart? Is there something beyond that that's real and, and true? Yeah. And I've, I have had a lot of groupies. The, you know, the more you get noticed out there, the more the groupies come. And groupies, I call them because it's like they just want a piece of you all the time. Not for you, but for the information that they perceive that you can give them. That's one of the things that I've had to work on. And the other thing is the rejection of it all. You know, either it's a very, I have a very polarized life. Either people really enjoy it and appreciate it, or they just go to the other side, you know? And so one of the biggest things was I had to realize that it it was not, it was okay to be different, but I had to stop allowing people to put their impressions on me. I think that was the biggest thing I had to learn as a child. And that's why I didn't tell the story till later. But then once I realized that there's grand possibilities. And this is the interesting thing. So first disclaimer, no groupies, please, when you hear this. If you are reaching out, you're reaching out for a place of learning. You know, there's fortune tellers on the street and all that kind of stuff. That is not this. We are talking today about the three pillars. We're going to talk very specifically. The beauty of having Jillian with us today as well is there's a great article on Womanscape about Jillian, but more importantly, she's a contributor in the WS Magazine, and she's got a website, JillianMassBachman.com. We'll have the links to that so that you can take a look and go onto her website and see the kind of work that Jillian does. And we'll circle back to this because she can be more specific about ways that she helps people. And I think that that's important. So the one thing that struck me about your book that I've got to call out is you've got a subtitle there that says breaking the tradition and letting go of religious lockdown. So I'm going to ask you what you mean by this. The number one thing of writing a book is to get people to read the book. Okay. And the beyond the pews came to me as an intuition. And then we got to the subtitle. And if you've ever written a book, there is just a protocol And it's almost like a, what am I trying to say, Rose? It's like a tagline or some other way to open the door more for people to come in. Like you're giving them a bit of a teaser almost. Right. And the other thing is there's just a formula is the word I'm trying to think of. It's just a formula. Okay. So every book has a title and now they have to have a subtitle. So honestly, what happened was there were three subtitles on the on the the counter from my publisher and the distributors, okay? And they said, one was the sole daughter of a minister, preacher or something. And then this one came up and another one. And you know what? I grappled with it. I did because it was exaggerated. It's out there and it gets people's attention. And so 
I've had to defend that for all these years. And you know what, though? I'm glad I picked it because I'll tell you why. The reason why is because once I once I got accustomed to being okay with it and allowing it to be out into the public on my book, it did get the attention of people, good, bad, or ugly, right? That's the point to sell the book. We I want people to read it. The other thing was, you know, I was way ahead of the game and my intuition is always that way. So here we are five or six years later, the religious dogma is really on the table. It really is because it's not serving what people have been growing spiritually. And, you know, so the, the it's still as effective now as it was before. So there is a binary playing field in the religious movement. There is. It's a yes or a no. And I think the reason people have moved to more a spiritual evolution is because there's so much more out there when you let go of the lockdown. And it's in this case, it could be any word, but this case is the religious lockdown. And I really believe that. I applaud you for putting it out on the table because I'm sure that must have been tough, especially knowing you're coming from a family where this is a part of growing up. And so you know you're going to have to meet with that. But I think to your point about relationship with God or with whoever that ultimate being, if we have that belief, is... What I love about this is in the explanation, it's about growing in your heart and your connection versus following a list of rules somehow. And it's not to throw the rules out. And that's what I hear you saying, which I think is really lovely for people. We all need guidelines. Oh, absolutely. I think the reason that I'm so good at what I do is because I have the base of religion. But I think a lot of people in in my book, I talk about that in specific. There's a story in there about people coming to my door when I was about 12 and asking me if I had found Jesus in my heart. Wow. I mean, I still get chills thinking about that. And And you can read it in the book. But it was it was a shocker to me because I had not been without it. And I'm still not today. I just want people to understand it's not a religious bashing book. It's an honor to be what I was, who I was, and I took it and ran with it. That's what the story is about. And I want people to do that too. I love the way that you've explained this, that you're not throwing Jesus out and your faith out at all. Absolutely not. I mean, I'm a Christian and my father was a Lutheran minister. And, you know, the book has won lots of awards, but the one that I, you know, what's amazing is I was up against, I think it's Julie Caldwell. Is that the, um, what's her name? I always forget her last name. The Titanic wife. Julie, whatever her name, it was myself and her book. And of course she won, but I'm like, hey, now I came in second to a very important person out there in the spiritual world and they love the title. So I was very proud of that. 
Well, and the Titanic sank. That's all I'm going to say. Your book didn't. Okay. Um, So let's catapult from here. I want to move away from here. And I didn't mean to get so ingrained in this, but I think it's really important because people are throwing stones the minute that there's an opportunity. So I want to call out all the stones that are out there and say, stop. This is a discussion, a very open discussion. This is an open book. It's personal. When it is personal, we must bring a frame of mind to this that is not condemning or pointing or divisive. So let's go right into this. This is the perfect segue into the work that you do today. Tell us about that. How do you help people? Sure. Um, I started with... um, you know, on the wellness center, I started, um, on the Reiki side and as an esthetician, I started working and doing that. And that expanded into what I have today. I want to talk about the article in specific, the first one that we wrote in engines real quick, that part, the three pillars of support that we brought up, Jan, my business partner and I, And we have been working together forever. You know, it was the intellect, the intuition, and the emotion. That is what I base my work on all the time. That's the baseline. And we wrote it that way for people to understand. When when you come to work with me, this is where my mind is, okay? And so many people spend so much time on the intellectual part. Think about it from kindergarten to college. And then they get out there and they're supposed to be using (laughs) their gut and their emotion and they've left it behind. So those three elements, and I really hone in on the intuitive part in my sessions and in my work, because that's what I know. And, you know, the rest of it goes together. I love that. So three things, the intellect, the intuition, and the emotional. And Jan Bilgen, your partner, is perfect for this as well. You work together and you fill in any of the, and I don't mean gaps because they're not gaps, but to bring it up and have people see these as three very important pillars, particularly if you are in a leadership role. And I don't know, maybe you want to speak to this because I know we're all leaders, but how is this specifically so good for someone that is leading people? Yeah. And Jan and I have talked about leadership as in, as you just said, you leadership in your home, your children, your community, it expands. And I think leadership is an overall topic for everyone. Everyone should see themselves as a leader of something. What is interesting in our work now versus what it used to be, I serve two certain particular age groups, 30s and 40s, and then 30s and below, okay? Those are two different elements of leadership. And this is what I, this is my little pet peeve, if you don't mind. When people are out teaching leadership to other people, these people are totally different aspects of leadership. And I'll explain what I'm talking about very quickly. When you're addressing 30 and 40-year-olds, they are what I call the in-between worlds of the intuitive life, okay? Our age, I'll just put our age, we had it, but we're relearning it, okay? 30s and 40s in their leadership 
they were brought up by people that had a little bit of each three of those, intellect, intuition, and emotion, okay? They're kind of balanced. And what their challenge as a leader is how to find the balance of it all. Because they have a little more intuition and a little more of emotion. And guess what? The, the intellectual is lower down. Now they do it, okay, but they are, they, that's why I speak to them when I talk to that group. I turn and tell them how to balance the three. Now let's talk about the younger ones real quick, okay? They're out of, they're out of, they're out of bounds, crazy. Crazy mean I have them. I adore that group. And I'll tell you why. They are intuitive at the top. So if we look at three pillars, they are what I would call intuitively on target. They they learn that way, they live that way, and their emotions are just as high. So they're wired for emotion and intuition intertwined really, really high. This is why you see all of the energy of the young kids coming forward because of the three pillars, their emotion. They're way up on the high point of emotion. Why do you think that is? Okay, because you you think about the parents of these children, okay? They were more into this social aspect of being raising their children rather than disciplining their children. Not a problem, not a challenge, just an observation. So when you are teaching the younger kids on leadership, you don't want to beat that out of them. Oh, no, 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 no. You want to teach them how to harness it properly in leadership. I'll give you an example. I have two of them so I can talk. Honestly, this is music to my ears and something that I can't agree with you more. We can talk about this later, but they are so intuitive. They're they're unbridled wild children. And what I mean by that is they know what they're supposed to be doing, but they choose not to do it. Okay. So they get the messages. It's like me. That's how I know who they are. People, when they get the voices, the me- not the voices, you know what I'm saying? They believe that just because they get the message that they're supposed to be out and doing it. <laughs> and, it and it don't happen like that. It certainly, excuse my verbiage, it don't happen like that because they have to learn to work within the system. And they don't, Because they intrinsically understand the system is somewhat broken and they believe they're the catalyst of the change, but what they don't understand is that they still have to learn to put their gift within the parameters of the system. That's where the emotion comes through. They get frustrated. They get annoyed. Things go too slow for them. And you have to teach them in the leadership role how to ebb and flow with it. So 30s and 40s are the the ones that have a little bit of, you know, they've been in the culture a long time and they know. So when people talk about leadership, 
you know, you got to be careful. You can't blanket everybody in one. Right. And there isn't one way, as we all know. My son was a cadet at West Point and he was on track to being what was called a goat. And, and the goats are kind of the bottom of the class, but from a leadership perspective, the senior guys in the school loved him. He had this innate quality and ability to connect with people. And I think what you're speaking to is what I've seen in one of my daughters who probably won't listen to this anyway, so it won't matter. (laughs) is some of these young people, they're so smart and they get it and they know if you're real or not. They have like one of those indicators, I'm just going to say it, a BS kind of indicator. They know they'll call you out. My concern has always been, well, do they check out because it's not going the way that they want? And to your point, you're saying they've got to understand that there's balance in this You can lead from a place of emotion and intuition, but the intellectual part too is understanding the lay of the land and working with others and how it is you're going to to actually lead. Very well put. And, And I would only add to that, that they have a tendency to feel they are completely right. This is where they come from. Because their intuition is telling them they believe that their intuition is right. Here's the interesting thing about messages and intuition. Don't we all think our messages are right? And if you're getting it, you definitely think it's right. The challenge becomes it may be right for you, but as a leader, you have to toggle that information to what I call complete presentation. It's not the messages. That's not the big problem. It's the presentation of how you can get it across to all. Because guess what? As leaders, we talk to everybody. (laughs) So when you're with 30 and 40-year-olds, they got to talk to the 50-year-olds and the young ones. They're the ones that are going to have the most challenge, by the way. Right. This is like a great episode. We're going to have to do another episode completely on this because I think there is something, and I'm watching this beautifully with my daughters, that, you know, that emotional and the intuitional highs that they have, it's starting to find this place now of evening out to some extent or coming to a better balance and a realization that I actually just call wisdom, (laughs) just there's there's something with age and practice and failing and getting up and failing and getting up that you learn, like you learn to walk. And, you know, a lot of people consider intuit, intuitive messages of wisdom. Eh, I don't know about that. I think it's only part of the presentation. You know, the three, we go back to the three pillars. That's where I'm not going to deviate from that. So, and I love that you've been a radio host and you've shared, you're a fellow podcaster. Where can people hear your podcast? Thank you very much. Um, yes, it's on Anchor and, you know, it's everywhere. I had to take a hiatus because I had some personal issues. Um, I had to go take care of my parents and I was lucky enough to do it. So there's over a hundred and some odd episodes of Change Already with Jillian. But in the hiatus, I, as everyone else in the world, I'm getting more, I'm going in a different direction and I'm going to be talking more about issues, more about communication and the connection between. 
that's what it's going to go moving forward. In other words, there is a common ground between all of us. I know that that's hard to understand, but thank you for bringing it up. And yes, that's, and that's the foundation of where it's going to go. Honestly, I think you have so much to share and you make intuition, not a a woo-woo thing as you (laughs) called it earlier. It really is one of those, um, it's not a discipline, but it's certainly, I'm still going to call it a gift because I think that there are just unique individuals like yourself that have this special gift. You know, and we were talking, I'll, I'll share one real quick story. It's strength. You know, it's about bringing a forum to various opinions and fostering those opinions and then having the change and grow. I was, there was only one time that I was kind of thrown off. I did an interview with uh, this man named Jeff Mudgett, who I like very much. And he has a book out called Bloodstains. And this book is a nonfiction book, but it's based on his life. And he found out that his, I believe it's grandfather, was the first serial killer in America. Very, very frightened. See, now it makes my heart pump just thinking about it. And I did an on-air live interview with him and everything went haywire. I am not kidding. It was I, I, I was probably the first time, I, I don't want to say I was scared, but it was unnerved because the connection went bad. He couldn't hear me. I got, and, and it went on for a while. When I went back and listened to the tape of it, you know those ghost things? What do you call them? Those EA, EVOs or something where the, there's voices on the tape that's not that's not um, yes that's not part of your discussion it was there right and it, it was this it was this breakthrough energy and i'm pretty good about blocking stuff i'm pretty good about that and i had felt it a couple days before i went into that but you know what people don't that doesn't stop me it, it doesn't stop me and it didn't, it didn't, it just delayed the process for a few minutes, but I've never, and it said something like, stop this or don't do that. I can't remember. It was a couple of years back, but it was one of those ghost things you see on, on TV. And everyone is going to have their own perspective and views and ideas and opinions and experiences, whatever it is. But I firmly believe in good and evil and just throwing it out there, I, you know, and we have seen evil in action. You just have to go back in history and look at certain figures that are able to corral and convince and deceive. I'm grateful to have a religious background and to have had some tools sometimes to yell out and, and to feel like if there is that negative energy, I've got a place to start that's a part of just my breathing because I was lucky enough to have that. But I think for many people that find a faith, when they're a little bit older, there really is a practice or something to that in coming to understand that the world is not all good, but hopefully that good wins out, that good is that much stronger. And I don't know. I mean, we could again add another episode here and talk about good and evil in the world. I just want to say one thing about that. You know, in theory... I think I believed in good and evil in theory. Okay. 
but I have never, I went through something in the last two years. It's in my next book. I had literally to stand up against it. And now I believe it. Do I, and here's the one takeaway I have, and we'll move on from this. I think it's important. I learned through that whole process, evil does one thing. They're repetitive. They say the same thing over and over and over. And all they do is yell it louder. I found that so weird. Like they would just yell the same, they would repeat the same thing and yell it louder. And what I realized and you know, being on the light side that I am, which I believe I am, try to be, I realized there is an arsenal of lightness. In other words, there's no box. You can come from it in all different directions in a quiet way. And what I mean, is it a battle? Yeah, you know, I don't get off on saying that kind of stuff because that gives too much credibility to what it is. But do I believe there is a, not weapons, but tools in the spiritual toolbox to keep it moving up and out, up and out? It's not your responsibility, in in my opinion, to conquer. That's not that's not what I believe. I believe it's up and out, move it forward. I love this. I would agree with you. I think that evil is empty in the fact that there is just a, a lot of sound and fury that signifies nothing in the words of someone that wrote a lot of plays. I think that this is definitely apropos and I believe in light. You know, my father used to say, whenever you have an issue with someone, just kill them with kindness. And eventually eventually it wins or they leave you alone. I don't know. That was great advice. And you and I spoke about this. I had a a darkness hanging around me and this will attest to Jillian. I hope you're okay. If I mention this. (laughs) Yeah, I'm okay. It's like, it's your issue. You know, if you're willing to speak about it, I'm, I'm cool with that. I am. And, and no names or anything, but I had a a real heaviness and a, a darkness around me. And so my weapons were prayer trying to use the intellect and bring that up for understanding and compassion. And then the emotional of getting over the hurt, getting over myself. It was a battle for me raging inside and around me. And I like to think that that is somewhat of what we are seeing in the world and that my little tunnel through darkness is not unlike what we're experiencing with people losing the ability to talk, to discourse. What we do at the end of the tunnel is really what I want to say here. You sent me a message. Jillian knew nothing and sent me a message about this darkness. And I think I fell off my chair. I texted you back and you fell off your chair saying, I can't believe it. And then I told Jillian that I knew I would be fine, that I had, and I don't think it's anything as clairvoyant or anything as in the way maybe that you experienced, but I knew I would be fine. And I had felt and seen and knew that there were enough signs that I was going to be fine. I didn't say this to Jillian and she sent me a note and said, but you are going to be fine. Did I say that? You did. 
gosh, isn't, you know, and that's what's so crazy about it is that I think, I don't use the I word, but I will hear because it's my craft. It's no different than a physician or anything else. And I do, I have seen with my clients and I have hundreds from famous celebrities down. Once I make a connection energetically with something, with someone, and something crosses my path like that, I have one of two options. I can keep it to myself or I can share it. And for some reason, and there are times I haven't. And for this reason, I was really nudged to go out on a limb because you know what? The reality is, what if I was, what if it, what if it wasn't the right thing? You would think I was a whack job like the rest of the people. It's like, oh no, this woman's writing a column for us. She's no, but the point is you were right and you knew. And so for me, there is a real physical manifestation of an energy that is beyond what you are going to read in a book and connect to. It is for real, truly. And I say that not only is your gift for real, because when I read your book, I felt it. I didn't just read it. I felt it. And I know that, and I don't want to be sexist in this, but I think as mothers, as women, we go through a number of different things throughout our our life in our aging process, whatever it is, I don't know if there's genetics in here, that we are attuned in some way, although I think men are catching up to us. We're more attuned in some ways, maybe the, just the motherhood thing is one example of knowing, like every mother listening would say, I knew my kid was in trouble. I got that feeling. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you shared that. I think well, the one thing is that you the interesting thing about it is when I get messages like that, there has to be an equal value of respect and nurture on both sides. In other words, I don't have a lot of clients. I have hundreds that I've had over the years. They come and go, but there's a symbiotic, intuitive relationship between all of my clients. So when it's, that happens, it has to be received as well. It's not just the message. So intuitively, you got it, I got it, and the universe gave it. So, you know, and, and the next step was respect it and nurture. Those are the two big things I deal with. So thank you. Yeah. And, you know, it's weird. I've been doing this for a long time. And I'm telling you, it happens a lot. And every time it brings me down to my knees. I am not kidding about that. It brings me down to my knees of why me, how come, how can I explain it? And Lord, thank you for the gratefulness of allowing me to get the messages, to give it in the purest form I can. And so I don't and I don't think I ever will get to the place where I don't have humbleness. I, I, that is what, and my, 
my teachers taught me that. I studied with a yogi for 15 years and he always told me that. Well, I think that's super important. If we all don't have humility and compassion today, if we're not willing to receive and to listen, and that's, that's on a personal level what I hope these stories do. It's helping people to hear messages from a variety of different people coming from so many different spaces that if something hits you on the head enough times, you're going to hear it. For me, your message was confirmation. And that's what it mostly is. It really is for most of my clients. They know they just need me to back it up. The timing was perfect. And maybe on this note, what can we tell our listeners that they can do just in the immediate scenario right now in the world, and then maybe look to plan out to? There is a part in my book, which is my favorite one in Beyond the Pews, Breaking with Tradition and Letting Go of Religious Lockdown. There is an exercise in there called the art of being and the art of doing. And right now, that is so, so important. I don't believe, as a lot of people do, that everything is manifested on purpose. But I do believe because of COVID, it's an interesting time that people are reflecting. Especially Americans are used to doing stuff all the time. We have to fill the time with doing. And what people do not understand is the art of being, meditation, prayer, uh, contemplation, those kind of things are essential, essential right now. And the outside world views that as being lazy, that they're complacent, people aren't going, you know, we're very goal-oriented, especially in leadership. If you don't learn the art of being, which is what we're being forced to do, is take time and be contemplative. The second part in that is in the book, but the second part is I always tell my clients, stop reading books. Stop reading self-help books. Stop during, and you know what? Every human being has a natural flow. They have what I call a natural rhythm, and they're and and you will be taken out of the game. You will be taken out of the game and put on the sidelines, and that's the the time that you should say, "Okay, I get it. Now I'm supposed to be reflective within." People don't do it, and so what do they do? They fill the time with reading more books on how to do it, and I say, "Stop." Read my book before, and then when you get in it, stop. That's my message to people right now. I love that we're filling it with Netflix. And I'll be honest with you, you know, a lot of useless, just going to say garbage and no disrespect to artists that are creating, but if it's not helping the art of being, then how do we get off the doing cycle? Yeah. And you know what, what people need to understand is this intuitively, it's not going away. This is not going away. Um, and it's, you know, we can do a whole segment on COVID and my thoughts of why we did it and why it came. It's it's a big, interesting thing. But the point is, it's a part of our rhythm now, the earth rhythm. And I'm not talking about the art of being, meaning do it for hours. I'm not talking about that because the universe does things very quickly now. Not when it first started. It was very slow and manifesting all that good junk. Anyway, I'm talking about 
take a little bit of time in between Netflix, do that kind of stuff, but still do a little reflective in the quarter kumbaya BS that I talk about. (laughs) I love it because actually the kumbaya is where I'm at. And for me, it's very God-driven. And I use the word BS as in bologna and salami, not the other. Have a sandwich, sit in the corner, and just be quiet. Not the other kind. I just wanna, I just wanna get that on record. Well, I think I used that term earlier and I meant the same thing, bologna and salami. I love that. I'm gonna use that going forward. This is not possibly enough time to really cover what we need to cover. So we definitely are going to have to explore this in further episodes. And I'd love to hear from people as well about what they would like to hear more of. This discussion was amazing for me on a personal level. So thank you for that. Well, let's talk uh, just one real quick thing. So the next, the next article that came out in Womenscape on what if, okay, there is, we do have a progression. It's not like it's just has, have, or has, have, whatever. Anyway, they're both interactive. This new one is very cool too, isn't it? Yes. So you know what? Let's get these up. That just, you know, that just tweaked me. Let's make sure this is on the sippingonstories.com website that we put the exercises, we add to them there so that people can see these. And I need to remind people, come with an open mind. And if this looks simplistic to you, don't misjudge. That's correct. That is great concept, Rose, because yes, I have done this so long. You got to take small steps and you're right. It's very contemplative, every word, and it is interactive and it is, yeah, it does seem simple, but it's not. You're right. Yes. The words are very deliberate and don't rush through it to do it, be it and feel it. So I think on womanscape.com, the article is coming out, I believe in another two weeks. So we'll make sure that there's lots around this and maybe you and I will jump on and do an Insta or something to promote it together to make sure that people do go ahead and read it and be the exercise. And this is a way to get a foot into what I think is going to help you if you follow what Jillian has to offer. Her words of wisdom, the idea of finding balance. I don't know who doesn't want balance right now. Hope, true inspiration that is not found from the outside. It starts inside. You can watch a million Netflix, read a million books. It's not going to do anything. It's going to roll right off of you unless you are prepared inside for what it is that you are doing when you do these things. Um, Any last final words, Jillian, before we sign off today? Yeah. Uh, Clients, (laughs) let's do the work together. Um, You know, that's the thing. A lot of my clients come to me when there's a crisis or a change, you know, and that's why it's called change already because it's constant and it should be, but there's an ebb and flow to it. And so please, um, you know, and I've been asked to, to tell what my sessions and my consultations look like. Can't do it. I can give you two things. This is how it does real quick. I intuitively sit with a couple minutes before and I get two words, two to three words that start the whole process off. And I put it at the top of a page and it, it's, they're usually words that 
have no meaning to me, obviously, but they have meaning to my client. So then that's how we start. We start with these two intuitive words that come to me before we get on our session. We jump right into it and it's a roadmap and there's always exercises and challenges at the end. It has to be. And I require work to be done before the session because I want to, it, it's about getting, you know, dollars worth. It's about getting, let's move it. That's the point. And then the other thing is the change already with Jillian podcast. I made it because a lot of people can't get to me or they're, they're too, um, they, they don't, they like what I do, but they, they don't want people to know what, that I'm working together. So that in itself, those, that's the two things. And I would love, I love talking. I love doing my work. It's fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank you for this. No, you're so, you're so, so welcome. And I'm just going to add, start with the podcast, even listen to Jillian in the podcast and be moved. That one's free. It doesn't cost anything. That's the beauty of these podcasts. I think that they're something that we are all hungry for. And that's discussion around things that are super important. Yes, there's entertainment value in hearing stories, but really it's the connection. And I can't think of anyone else right now that comes into mind that does that better than you. Thank you, Jillian. JillianMossBackman.com, Jillian Mossbackman at Facebook. Um, IG is Change Already with Jillian and Jillian Mossbackman. I'm all over. Okay. And we will have the links. We'll make sure we have the links so that people can check it out and be moved. Super fun. Thanks. I had a great time too. And I hope everyone else did. I look forward to hearing some comments and some great feedback. And don't forget to check out Jillian's website. Again, take care, everyone. It just feels good. This is a really feel good podcast session. I agree. I agree. I like it. Have a great one. Be safe out there, everyone. Take care. Know that you're loved. Never forget that. All the best. Bye.